0: This is Happy Little Accidents, a podcast on the intersection of race, culture, and arts. And I'm your host, Kyra, an arts and cultural writer. Let's get started. Hello, 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 hello. I wonder how many highs I can say that are just like too obnoxious or too much. Okay, so welcome back to Happy Little Accidents. Cue the theme music. Cue entourage. Cue everything. Okay, I'm just going to jump right in today. So you guys are familiar with the concept of post-Black, right? And I mean this in art and also the general understanding of our society. In short, uh, post-Blackness in Our society, or as people of color, defines ourselves outside of the perimeters of slavery. So, growing up black or growing up regarding blackness, it was always multifaceted to me. The concept that people around me who were black were similar was not something that I recognized, but obviously, I grew up in America, and the concept is that being not black or not being black enough came up time and time again. So, I started with how I might have talked, then the fact that I fenced, then when I started listening to techno music, and then was this add on that I snowboard, right? And all those things are considered not Black. It's not Black enough. It's not what Black people do. It's just not Black, right? So realistically, the concept that my favorite hobbies were not Black enough made absolutely no sense. And it's a ridiculous concept to even understand now when i am completely aware of the concept and other parameters around this and other you know elements the reality is that our Blackness in america has been defined by a narrow mindset that doesn't let us roam freely instead we are attached to the parameters that we have honestly and sadly being completely blunt we have created for ourselves it's 2020 now a terrible year to say the least, right? But a year where we learn to question the mundane routines of our lives and question why we do what we do and where we are and who we are. Why, why do we even do this or say this is our favorite thing to do and we don't know why? Blackness in America is not, you know, about a color anymore. It Blackness transcends race, gender, sexual preferences, pronouns, political views, hobbies, and goals. Our Blackness or who we are as Black people is not confined to Blackness itself. It goes beyond Blackness itself. Being Black is just one aspect of our identity at this point. And the reality is that Blackness is ever-changing in America. And that it's always been an issue that I've had with the concept of Blackness in art, Like, why on earth is my concentration African-American art on paper when American art pretty much starts at the same time when there's enslaved Blacks? That's a crazy concept. And then moving forward, we cannot group a large period of time just by race. I spent time and time, time and time again during my undergraduate career, you know, going to the library, looking for historical references on African American art. I even went to the African American um, department at my university looking for maybe more context on certain elements because there just wasn't a class that supported what I need to learn in a vast array of understanding. It just didn't exist. So the reality and one of the most concerning aspects is that in a major like art history, or better get better yet, a field like art history, the concept that there's a class for every moment in every genre, but for African-American art, there isn't. And there's often, you know, one large survey class, which what is that gonna help me with? I'm I'm gonna be so honest. Any survey class anyone in a any major has taken is usually the additional class that is required for graduation, and no one is taking it seriously. I don't think I was completely immersed into my art history class until I was at the 4,000 level classes, where you know there were like five people discussions. It, being in a class of 300 people in a survey class is not helpful. Okay, I remember my survey class; it was Christian art, and I know enough because I really love art history. But honestly, if I took that to graduate, I wouldn't know crap let's just be honest. And, you know, this is really just African-American art. If you look at Latin American art, Asian art, Asian American art, Japanese art, Chinese art, Korean art, right? They all are well-defined. They all have backgrounds. They all are defined by country, by, you know, nationality, by race, and then by, you know, the context of contemporary art, you know, modern art, like, you know, anything you could really think of. So, Back to post blackness the concept confronts the reality of black americans and just side note i've always capitalized black and if you use different search engines or different word processors you will see that the red underlining of the lowercase b in black you know often changes just like the seconds in our day and the concept of this is paradoxical it's at its core confusing we're talking about the Black experience, but in some capacity rejecting the original form of racism for Blacks that will allow for more diversity in understanding the personal experience. Distinguishing between post-Blackness and post-Black art is something I deem important. When we look at post-Black art, we are specifically talking about contemporary African American art. Inconsistently in our society, the concept of African-American art and the concept of racism has been one the same for many of outsiders looking in. But the reality is that the parameters of racism is just one piece of the puzzle for how we understand African-American art, especially in this climate and this day and age. The most interesting aspect of the concept of post-blackness or in this case right now, post-black art is a concept of the black experience in that that experience is ever-changing. It's an ever-changing aspect of being someone who identifies as Black or African American because Blackness and Black in America is largely a social construct that we've been living through generation upon generation. But this concept also changes with each generation. And I think people will either, you know, really strongly agree with me or disagree with me over the concept of race as a social construct. But it's really simple when you look at art, you see two different people who come from the same community, the same culture, the same ethnic background, maybe even the same family, but they have two different understandings of the world, because they grew up in two different climates, because the experience of their Blackness, how they were raised, was two contrasting experience because of the volumes of Blackness that exist. Now, um, I think that's one of the most beautiful things about, you know, right now in this moment of being in post-Blackness and post-Black art, because the experience is always a new one. I never have gone to an African-American artist exhibition and knew exactly what I was walking into. And that's something that's really, like, has pulled me in even better into this, you know, piece of our artistic, historical um, perspective and everything that's going on. But I think one of the most disparaging aspects of when people look at African-American culture is only connecting people by the lineage of slavery. Because, you know, Yes, African-American culture was built on the construct of slavery and the culture and the pain that came from that. But the reality is that the culture that derived from slavery runs deeper than blood. The reality is that our society changes with each generation. And each generational change and each generational struggle influences the next generation. So there is this beginning that we all start in, but our perspectives, how we look, how we, you know, look at the world, how we want to see things is ever changing consistently. Right now, even today, people who are being born are going to have a different perspective on the African-American cultural experience than I do or someone who's in their 20s or someone who's in their 40s, someone who's even a teenager, right? And it's because African-American culture is consistently changing. So we can take this back to the 1960s, 1970s, and I'm specifically talking about the Black Arts Movement, and this was a movement led by African-American people and African-American artists, and the concept of this movement was to, to, you know, you know, Enjoy the celebration of african american art, african american life, and really enjoy Black Pride and show the evidence in artwork. And this is something when you look at these works from the Black art movement, also known as BAM, you're going to see these bright pigmented colors. You're going to feel the emotion that's being provoked from the artist. And you're going to see a sense of it might be joy, it might be, you know, vulnerability, but it's going to be something that's potent. But The ever-changing aspects of post-Blackness is really evident through the 1960s, through the Black arts movement, and then going on to the Black Lives Matter movement currently. Easy to say and also easy to understand is that the outside perspective of the Black arts movement might have isolated what Black art was perceived as. And the reality was that at its core, the Black arts movement was to show pride for being Black. But the reality is that with any artwork or with any artist or ever each, any piece specifically, you know, the work is always going to be ever changing. And the reality is that essentially the definition is going to grow and change with the artist, with the time, with the material. And it's simple. I mean, there's certain materials when you look at art history that, you know, are, you know, related to a certain time period. So with the Black Arts Movement, this p- these pieces weren't going to be timeless, but they're going to be evoking emotion. And it was kind of be a survey of what the Black experience was at this point in time. And so um, when you express pride for your race, I mean, so many time and time again, you know, the definition of being Black in America has been ever changing. I think that's something, one of the most interesting aspects about looking at works from the 70s and looking at works currently, because, you know, a lot of times these artists are in the same age range. They might be up and coming artists, they might be mid-career artists, but they're evoking an expression, especially if you look at geographically located African-American artists and how the art has transformed in that time. you're seeing it's more of how the impact of culture has influenced this artist and what they have defined to them as their Blackness. So let's talk about the Black aesthetic. This concept was coined by Larry Neal in 68. So what would this consist of? Well, the foundation would be a traditional African-American cultural understanding of what it means to be African-American in America. But then there'd be an element of rejecting whiteness or dispelling the influence of white ideas on African-Americans or or things that were seen as not okay or detrimental to the culture, right? People have looked at the aesthetic and that I'm talking about as something that is uplifting for black art without, you know, giving ground to white audience or kind of being submissive to a white audience. And this is something that I think is extremely potent in African American art and it is making art for yourself, making art for your experience, but something I don't think we should take out of the puzzle is the influence of whiteness in the african-american experience i mean just keeping it 100 percent real african americans came to this country because of you know white people putting them on slave ships right the slave trade and you know because of slavery, African-Americans were enslaved to white Americans. And so the influence of whiteness integrated into our lives isn't something that we should be ashamed of at this point. It's the history of our lives, but it's how are we gonna move forward? How do we understand it? How are we gonna break it down, right? Because I don't think that the influence of whiteness should be at the forefront, but it's definitely something present and it's foundational in the aspect of how this country has been constructed. I also think that when someone tries to ignore an aspect of our culture, it does more damage than good. And the reality is that a lot of the Black experience understanding how your Blackness fits into a white-centric world, understanding the things that we do make us Black, and what when I say that, sometimes, you know, people will say that's not black or that's not what black people do. But the reality is that this goes hand in hand with the concept of post-blackness. The thing is that we as people of color may not be in the box that's considered black, but because I am black and because I do what I do, that is black for me. And I think that's what really posts blackness at its core for artists and for people experiencing this is really coming up right now. And is really important. And it's that their experience, that our experience, the most interesting aspect of our experience is the ever-changing understanding of how we understand ourselves and our color amongst our society, amongst society full of people who don't look like us, who do look like us, who have different views than us, right? And um, Blackness shouldn't be a, if you fit the box, but the box of Blackness should fit you. It should just morph to who you are, right? And so um, I think, you know, growing up in a family, any type of family, if you're in a Black family, you have people who are not going to look like you. You have people who look just like you, have different views. They can be gay, straight, um, asexual, right? They can be Republican, they could be agnostic, they could be Jewish. And this is the concept of being in the post-Black era. And the issue is that oftentimes enough, we have revoked the culture of someone being different than the Black standard because we've made this box so rigid that it was our box, that we could protect the box. But we can't continue to protect the box because the box is ever-changing. The box actually does not even exist, right? And so I'm actually currently reading this book and there's a sentence in it where it says um, that referring to blackness or referring to being black, you must use a capital B because versus referring to whiteness, the the black experience was brought together because of suffering and pain. Because the black experience united people who would have never talked, people across tribes. The black experience created a stronger foundation created a foundation for the United States of America. So understanding being Black in America is not just being Black, it's being Black with a capital B because of culture. Versus when you say that you're white, it might be a color. And oftentimes when you do talk to someone they say they're white, they don't just say I'm white. Right, I don't think I've ever met someone who told me they were just white. Right? You just assumed unless they're not white and they're someone of color who's just really light. But you just say I'm Italian American, I'm Norwegian, I am Irish. It'll be something along the lines where they define where their family comes from. But because we can't always define where we come from because of slavery, being black is who we are. Being black with a capital B is what we deserve to be. That's what we have earned. That's the basic understanding of where we come from. And so because of the shitty history, honestly, we deserve the capital B. And I couldn't think anything more than how that capital B changed society. And I, I think the understanding of how people like to look and categorize themselves. Some people don't like to call themselves black because the harshness of the word black, because the thought of the colorism in our country that black has been so much avoided, right? But it's crazy that black, not as our skin tone, but as everything else is so exciting for people. Black as a color for wearing clothes. If you're in New York, you're so chic, you're wearing black, right? You know, you get a black couch, wow, that's very like posh, or maybe it's super modern, it's a twist on, you know, maybe having eggshell walls, or, you know, getting a black patent leather bag or black goes with everything, right? Black attracts the sun. People wear black bikinis because they want to get a tan. But when blackness or the term black comes to someone who is of a darker complexion, it, there's a harshness associated with it. And that's something we really need to explore because, I mean, there's people who choose to say they are African-American, right? There's people who say they are black. There's people who keep the black lowercase. Some people, you know, make it Uh, Uppercase. And so that is indicative of how someone sees themselves in our society. It's not an incident that someone says that they're African American and someone else says they're black. It's because they've been taught, we've been taught a concept of what African American means in America and what black means in America. And that's simply it. So when people are telling you things, they're telling you about themselves. They're not just saying something random. It's, yes, I'm black. Or yes, I'm African American. Some people say they're brown. Some people don't even identify as black. So. But with saying everything that post-Black is, I think saying what post-Black isn't or who post-Black represents, right? And I think that post-Black is an identity marker. It is telling the world how or who I am. And so I think a lot of times when I was in college, I referenced an African-American history professor. And I was kind of going to her, just talking to her about the, you know, context of getting a PhD. And if I wanted to specifically talk about contemporary African American art, who would I be referencing? Well, what would be, you know, my advisor would be kind of the end goal. And her discipline was purely African art. And she made it clear that she was not well-versed in African American art to speak on it, which, you know, was refreshing because, It felt kind of like deja vu every time talking about African-American art in the beginning and explaining, you know, X, Y, Z, when someone who saw the pure distinction between African art and the experience in Africa and African-American art, which is an experience by people who were brought to this country unwillingly and were enslaved and the art that came after that because of their experience with slave owners, with people of different races and how that evolved, right? And... I think the concept of post-Blackness and post-Black art is something that unifies our skin tone versus our nationality. And that's also something where people won't always identify as African-American, right? You'll identify as Black because you don't relate to the African-American experience wholly, right? But you relate to being Black. You relate to how people view you at surface level, not how they view you knowing where you're from, if you're from the South, if you're from the North, if you're from the West Coast, if you're first generation. And I think that's a bigger unifier for Black art, especially right now. A lot of times, you know, Black art and the experience of Black art, I mean, I, I can't express more honestly, to be serious, that Black art is so incredibly, you know, detailed in terms of the differences. I have seen a show here in Chicago at Monique Maloche Gallery where there were three artists on view and they all identified as African-American or Black. And the reality was that they all looked different. They all had different experiences. They all had a different story to tell. But they all were in the same age range. And if you were to write this on paper, these three people, I don't think you'd see a more unified group on terms of paper, right? Just let's bring up again checking the box. These people probably check the same box if you think about it when you see it on paper. But when you see them in person and you see them interacting and you see their personalities coming out, you see their work on the wall, you see the differences in the structure, in just the prints, the markings. And that's how you understand that post-Blackness is just so revolutionary and not revolutionary that it's changing the world, but the fact is that time and time again, the African American experience has been, you know, gobbled up into one, into one sentence. It's we all identify as one person. That's that's not what it is. The reality is that the African-American experience is ever changing. It's just like the weather, just like anything that's going to happen, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know what the African American spirit will be tomorrow. And we saw this during uh, George Floyd and the protests happening. There was people who maybe were not fully inter or not fully interacting with, let's say, their quote unquote blackness, but there was something that hit home because it was a skin tone. It wasn't because George Floyd. Was from you know a certain part, or had to do with deeper context to him as a person. Had to do with his skin tone, and that's the unifying aspect of post-blackness that we share this united color. But the reality is that we're all different. We're all ever changing. We're all different people. We all have different understandings of the world. But the world sees us as something else, and they group us together. And we express within that box they have placed us in. Now, with all this said, this. Brings up in my head the first thing I'm really thinking about now is "I Talk White" from 2003 by Rasheed Johnson, who is a um, like performance art post Black artist, right? He's also an American artist. And he was born in 77. And this piece, I Talk White, you know, is exploring the concept of someone who is growing up during the hip hop era, who is understanding, you know, the cultural uh, relics of Black culture in America. But the reality is that education was way more accessible than it was two generations prior, and that the vernacular or the Um, tone of our voices seemed to, you know, hit a different spot for certain people. It felt a little bit different. And I think this is something where we're looking at post-Black, but the post-Blackness is experienced as an African-American man growing up in America, specifically Chicago, Illinois, and how the influence of Black culture versus academia and the progression in society that is expected from people comes to right and that's something we hear a lot that you people experience is sounding white, is that there's an issue with sounding white on both ends. An issue for people in the Black community when someone they know sounds white, right? And for some people, they think it's giving up culture. For other people who are white and say you sound white, it's something that seems more of like a cultural union that, oh, you sound like me, we sound alike, right? Versus you don't sound like us and you are betraying us. And there's something where the concept of being post-Black and living in a post-Black era is that you're never going to be Black enough or too Black because post-Blackness at its core integrates everyone who is from African descent. And that's something I'm really trying to get to during this episode is that the concept of post-Blackness is less about the cultural relics of African-American history and more about the identifier of being post-Black and being or having lineage to being from African descent and how your own understanding of yourself, how you've painted your picture reflects on the lineage back to being of African descent. And that's Mm -hmm. something that I really like exploring because for some people, post-Blackness doesn't come up unless you talk about it. For some people, their Blackness is in is something they don't talk about, right? It's something that is obvious. And for some people, their Blackness is all they talk about. But With that said, I think when someone might say in this context of this podcast, is that why are you talking about race so much? Right? It might be like, what what is your end goal? Like, why are you saying it so much? That response is someone who has never had their race called out to them in a negative way. That's someone who doesn't walk down the block and know when someone might look at them, they might perceive them a little bit differently. So Understanding that post-Blackness is all around us, we are post-Blackness, we have created a post-Black culture, we have, I mean, let's look. For our new Vice President-elect Kamala, Kamala Harris, uh, thinking about the fact that she is half Indian, right? And she is half Jamaican. She is a first generation, she's a woman, right? Some people don't claim her in the black community. Some people say she's not black. She's Indian. She's mixed. She doesn't claim the blackness. The reality is that she's black. The reality is that post-blackness pertains to her, just like it will pertain to Michael B. Jordan, just like how it will pertain, pertain to Barack Obama, just like it pertains to me. It pertains to anyone whose lineage goes back there. And I think that's the issue that people don't understand but also the whole point that why this art is just so it's very vulnerable right and this podcast this episode is not enough time to really go into the lengthiness of post-blackness, so this will be a continued conversation. But the understanding is that post-blackness is out there, and kind of the foundation of where post-blackness lies. It may be your life, in our life in general, in the context of art history, but in the context of just our society in 2020, especially when you know blackness has been a very pertinent issue for people who weren't even black, people who have friends who are black, people who are part who have family members, partners, loved ones who are part of the black community and are questioning what can I do in this era where I don't quote unquote maybe see race or I don't see race in this context, but this is something that our society does. The standard expectations of blackness do us more harm than they do justice. The parameters of what black is allowed to be has been defined by legal cases and de facto situations. One might say these moments in history define the lives of African-Americans, but in 2020, these rules are denying the vastness of what blackness is. African Americans were told where they could drink from, which restaurants they could eat at, the educational routes that were, you know, attainable. But these paths enabled rigid standards, and this has also rejected being liberated. I choose to opt out of these norms. I choose to let my experience define my blackness. Now, I'm not ignoring the systematic racism that faces us on a daily basis, but to fight the fall of systematic racism is to fight for the individuality, fight for my name versus the assumed stereotypes that come with my skin tone. The first couple words, black people don't is such a limiting sentiment. If I listened to every sentence that started with those words, I wouldn't have been able to travel around the world competing for the United States and Jamaica, be able to experience once in a lifetime experiences. I wouldn't be able to watch my cousins compete in the Olympics multiple times. To live blackness fully is not erasing blackness, but expanding on the evolution of blackness. When one Black person immerses themselves in a discipline, they're creating a space for Blackness to exist. This is post-Blackness. This is the new understanding of how we exist in our Blackness. And this is what makes sense to a lot of us. I want to end this episode with saying about post-Blackness that you can embody Blackness however you deem fit for yourself. The reality is that what it means to be Black right now is what it means to be yourself. So while everything I've said uh, might come from a factual root or something else, being black is a personal experience that will never change. And you know, maybe you go outside of your comfort zone to understand what make you, or make it more personal for your black experience or the experience around you. But post-blackness is specifically and genuinely morphed to who you are. <laughs> And before you go, make sure you check out my website, KyraMarrera.info for more information and seeing my latest editorials. Check out my YouTube channel, Confessions of a Gallerina and check out my Instagram, Confessions of a Gallerina to see my daily art adventures.